This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. This is the John Oakley Show podcast. Talking about the Kobe Bryant thing. You know, the tragedy that befell that family when you consider 13-year-old girl, his daughter, her friend. Uh, she was apparently uh, a very good basketball player, and her intention was to play professionally one day. You know, and Kobe Bryant was a big proponent of women's basketball in general and seeing that that league uh, prospered and uh, was a going concern. So in that regard, a lot of people say uh, this is part of the tragedy, compounds the tragedy, not the least of which, of course, again, is that his widow and three surviving daughters uh, had a life-altering episode yesterday, and uh, that's something that we should all be empathetic and sympathetic towards. But uh, on the matter of Kobe Bryant and his significance, his legacy, and so on and so forth, we've been joined on the line to... uh, Give us a, an understanding and interpretation. Parminder Singh is a play-by-play commentator for the NBA in Punjabi. Parminder, good to have you back in the Oakley Show. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, John. Thank you for having me. So what was your reaction when you heard the news uh, yesterday? You know, it's uh, it's interesting because generally celebrities and, uh, and celebrity deaths and so forth usually don't phase me. You know, it's uh, and and at times it you know they are tragic and when you do hear of them. But this one, you know, really kind of uh, shook me to the core when I first uh, heard about the incident. I thought it was just fake news, uh, as you know, a lot of things go viral uh, without any verification. Uh, but then as the stories kept pouring in, and uh, you know, it just kind of struck a chord. Uh, with with Kobe and, uh, and and especially his daughter, I think it's uh, you know important to see that uh, uh, you know the, the the man retired. His last All Star game was here in Toronto. Uh, you know, there's a uh, he scored the most number of points in a game, 81 points against the Raptors when he was here in Toronto again. And uh, so there's some kind of local connection to to Kobe and his his greater achievements and so forth. But uh, but more recently, what's you know what's been out in the basketball world and media was the you know these images of of a father who was you know so committed to his 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 daughter's game and uh, and and then when we heard more about the story and and what you know kind of the, the events leading to this where they were going they were going to this basketball tournament that his daughter was playing in and and so forth and you know it just uh uh, struck a greater emotional chord, and then it was it was very shocking. Yeah, that's the why I'm wondering about. Why did it pack such an emotional wallop for you, and uh, needless to say, countless others? No, absolutely. And I think you know, it, it's anyone with kids, young kids, can kind of relate in that father daughter relationship, and uh, and just. You know, a lot of players post-retirement, you know, they kind of just, you know, fade away in the dark. And uh, and it was the case you know, almost with, with Kobe as well. And uh, and it was interesting because I was reading on a story that uh, a reporter actually asked Kobe, said, listen, you've got uh, at that, that 
you know, moment in time. He had three daughters. Uh, that are you going to, you know, push for a son? Because you know, would you not want someone to lead your legacy? And Gianna, his daughter, or you know, better known as Gigi, was actually with him when that reporter asked him the question, and and she spoke up and said, you know, I will carry my father's legacy. <laughs> and and you know, it's 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 so amazing that uh, you know. A, a child and you know and in today's day and age and so forth that uh and, and and that's when Kobe said himself that you know he looked at his daughter and 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 saw you know in his in her eyes what he had in his eyes for the game and and how much the game had kind of uplifted him his family and everyone else around him and and was now like fully committed in in helping her and uh, and then not just her but then also the WNBA so the legacy of Kobe Bryant transcends the game itself, is what you're saying? No, absolutely. And I think you know he he won an Oscar, you know, and uh, for a short story uh, that that he you know made, produced, and uh, called Dear Basketball," and and you know he became a motivational speaker. He wrote this book about Mamba mentality. Like he was known as, or he called himself the Black Mamba. Right. And, uh, and and when individuals asked him like why and you know, just talking about the the tenacity, his his how hard he worked, and uh, so I had the opportunity again to to interview one of the former Toronto Raptors, Tracy McGrady, and when asked about who he felt was the most fierce you know uh, competitor, uh, he said without a doubt Kobe Bryant, you know, and and I think him and Kobe uh, around the same age uh, were were you know training for the Olympics, and uh, you know, and he would. He would say things like, oh, you know what, who needs to come here early? Just come show up later. Whereas, according to Phil Jackson, Kobe Bryant, who Phil Jackson, his former head coach, mm-hmm. that Kobe was always the first person at the arena. He used to show up hours before anybody else did because he was there shooting, practicing, and and the commitment. And, and, you know, if we recall, he was drafted back in 96, and and he was only in high school. Yeah. Uh, when he got drafted, and that draft had, and, and Toronto had the number two pick, and they picked Marcus Campion, and I think Kobe went like 12 or 13th in that uh, in that pick, and and uh, but he he's like he one of the things is this you know referring back to that mentality of hard work and and perseverance and just pushing yourself regardless, and he said you know I've always played hard uh, as I was the 12th you know, person on the bench that I wouldn't get minutes to play again. That That's how, he, even though he was a starter, a, you know, four-time NBA All-Star <laughs> MVP, that, uh, but yet every single day he gave it his 100%. I think he had 18 All-Star appearances. I think 96 was the year he was uh, drafted just ahead of Marcus Camby. But listen, let me ask you about the... Uh, there's some controversy surrounding his legacy when uh, some of the commentariat say, you know, yeah, uh, you got to take the good and the bad if you're really going to uh, be all-encompassing and thorough. Is that fair? I mean, is it appropriate to cite the sexual assault case from 2003, the run-ins with uh, Shaq that uh, basically, you know, uh, became very problematic for the Lakers? I mean, they won two NBA championships together, but that was not an amicable parting. Even with Magic Johnson, he was kind of squeezed out. It was uh, Kobe's agent who became the general manager of the franchise. Uh, do you think that's all fair now? Here I am. I'm basically mentioning it, but uh, that the commentariat would dwell on that as much as they would 
the other laudable things and accomplishments. No, uh, absolutely. You know, it, it it goes without saying. But I think at this point, uh, you know, I personally would rather reflect on on the positives that he's left and and on the note that he's left on. And uh, yes, there were questions about you know his O three uh, case, which ultimately was dropped. Uh, you know, he wasn't charged for it. But then, and and everyone always questioned his highly competitive behavior. He was known as the bad boy of the NBA for a really long time as well because uh, he was so competitive, pushed everyone. You know, after winning the two championships post Shaq, and one of the things he joked about was that he's got more rings than Shaq. Now. And <laughs> it just, it, 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 you know, all in all, I think his that that was his competitive nature. And he's, he's you know, I, I would say repented, you know, went through this whole repentance of, of his behavior, he spoke about it afterwards as well, and you know, and, and whether there's any excuses for it or not, uh, that's aside the point. But it's attributed to his uh, his mindset of always wanting to be the top, the best, and and that's it. There was never second best for him. Yeah, obviously touched a lot of people in uh, a way that we see. Very few athletes have that impact, or celebrities in general, but it was a reclamation and rehabilitation story and uh, in several acts. So, No, absolutely. And I think, you know, growing up, anybody who ever had an opportunity to even watch and play, and I think, you know, speaking of post-Jordan, post-Gretzky era, you know, as a, as a kid playing hockey, like it's, you know, Gretzky scores top shelf or Jordan, you know, with, with that throw, and I think it was you know, now you had this whole generation of, of, of kids who grew up watching Kobe and emulating his every shot, you know, whether it was free throws or uh, similar to him mimicking his game towards Jordan and, you know, dribbling the ball with your tongue out. And, and you're the, the, uh, you're the mark that he's kind of left on, on younger players, such as even LeBron. And you saw him break down on the tarmac when you heard about uh, the death of Kobe Bryant. So, you know, definitely a great, great competitor. Who's, uh, who's really left his mark on the game and the world. Before I leave you, Parminder, I've got to ask, because you were citing post-Gretzky, uh, I would say Connor McDavid is post-Gretzky. I don't know if you saw it the other night, but the whole uh, Whatever It Takes documentary on his oh rehabilitating, you saw it? Yes, yes, oh, absolutely. And this is precisely it. It seems like there's this you know, upper echelon of players who, who have that mindset and and that was precisely it and the, and and if i bring it back to kind of relating it to kobe and the reason he even had a helicopter uh, was to, you know, at, at one point, he was saying to even help in his rehab from injury, wasting less time, spending more time with family or that hour more that he had uh, rather than being stuck in the L.A. traffic and so forth. So it's, and, and, and you're right, we see this in some of these elite players and they are who they are, they become who they become because of the commitment and the hard work they have to their art. Absolutely. The insight uh, that I gained watching that thing in Economic McDavid, as much as I was in awe of his accomplishments, even at a young age, in his early 20s, I mean, the commitment to rehabilitating himself from serious, almost career-ending uh, injury in a matter of five months and getting back on the ice and the year he's producing, uh, I, I'm not worthy. I mean, I'm really uh, reverential when it comes to that cat now. Uh, and you, needless to say, feel the same way about Kobe Bryant. Parminder Singh, good to talk to you. We'll look forward to it, uh, I guess, as the hockey season continues to get into the home stretch. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you, John. Over yeah, and out. Great talking to you, as always. You got it. Play-by-play commentator for the NBA in Punjabi, as well as Hockey Night in Punjabi.
Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio. 